Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. Amen. That do sound better. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. Precious Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to unfold the gospel, to learn from the master himself how to be saved, what it means to be saved, how to receive salvation and how to maintain it on this earth that we live in. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for his teachings. Thank you for the story, although tragic about the rich young ruler, but true and a story that needs to be told and understood. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are continuing. Number two of ten, I believe. Number two of ten. We're just talking about personal encounters or moments with the Lord that, that we can learn from. Last week we learned a lot from the leper. We talked about leper, le- lessons in leprosy or lessons from a leper and how the leper came to Christ and what it took for him to come to Christ. Today we see this rich young ruler and he's coming to Christ. And he's coming for something. The Bible says in, in verse 17, and we'll just look at this, this, this story. It says, when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running. There came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. Let's, let's look at this, this young man. The Bible says he's a young man. Okay. There's the, another one said he came running. That's a good thing. There's a, that's a good thing. Another, another, another uh, evangelist says he was rich. So he was rich. He was young. And then Luke says that he was a ruler. How about that? He was a boss. He was a big shot. 
Thus we get the title of, of that most people call him the rich young ruler. He had it going on. When we think about young people today, we don't talk about young people today. You turn on the TV, you see some of these young celebrities and movie stars and athletes. They got they got it good. They got wealth. They got youth. They don't have something this one had on the outside. Said he had religion. That's a dangerous thing to have religion. What do we say in, in, in Christian circles for us? We like to say we have a relationship. There's a big difference in having a relationship and religion. I think a lot of folks that think they have a relationship really have religion. You have to really be careful with it. But let's talk about his youth. He had youth. Youth is a wonderful thing. How many of us remember when we was young? Amen. Amen. I remember when I was young like it was yesterday. I could do anything I wanted to. Run as fast as I wanted. Play all day. I mean, I had youth. Okay? I was strong. I felt invincible. How about that? Ecclesiastes says this about youth. And Ecclesiastes 12.1 says this about youth. Maybe, maybe somebody young is listening and and, and, and pay attention to this. He says, remember thou, remember now thou creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not. So you know when your youth is running out when the evil days start coming. Okay? And, and in our, it's in our youth is when we prepare for our evil days. We talked about that in Sunday school. One of the ways that we prepare for our evil days is by letting the word of God dwell in us richly then when the evil days come you got some word in you you got some word in you that is able to, to able to get you through okay because the evil days is coming and your evil day might not be my evil day and my evil day may not be your evil day but we all will deal with evil days evil days he says while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You ever talk, about, talk to someone who got no? They've got no, and, and, and they didn't respect the things of God when they were young, and now they've gotten old and life. There's no pleasure in life. Think about the, the number of suicides in our country, the number of people on drugs and, and drinking and smoking and doing whatever they can do to suppress their their, their, their thoughts and how life is just miserable. America loves drugs. America loves drugs because America has rejected God. America has rejected God. He has youth. He has wealth. He has wealth. Got a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about his wealth in a minute. Then, then it says he had morality and religion and that's based on on the question that Jesus asked him and Jesus what Jesus was trying to do was trying to get to convince him that he was a sinner he didn't hear it he wasn't trying to hear it let's 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 go over it real quickly here and when he was gone forth Jesus Mark 10 17 he said, there came one 
running. I, I like that. He came running and kneeled to him and asked him. He said, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, now Jesus tried to stop him. Jesus ever tried to stop you? You ever get to where we talk too much? Okay. And Jesus can't, you know, you, 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 we just talk too much. Sometimes you can't get a word in. Jesus trying to get a word in. He's trying to tell them, listen, there's none, there's none good but one. Okay. And, and really he's saying there's none good but one. And that one is not you, rich young ruler, with all your youth and all your wealth and all your money. It's not you that's good. Okay. And if you don't believe that I'm God, then I'm no good for you. So he said, there's none good but one, and that's God. Okay? So who are you talking to? So who are you calling me? Am I God? Or I'm just a prophet or a good teacher? And I think this is what the rich ruler, his idea of who Jesus was. And that's prevalent today. We talked about that earlier. But most people today, if you talk about Jesus is God, they'll say, well, he's a good teacher. He's a prophet like Muhammad or Joseph Smith or you name your cult. Okay. So Jesus calls him out. He says, thou knowest thy commandments. He said, thou knowest the commandments. Why do you take it for granted that he knew the commandments? Because every Jew, every Jewish boy or young man or in this case a young man a young ruler would have known the commandments sad sad that most of our children they'll be 17 18 years old and and and, re- and can very very few scriptures could they quote maybe some may be able to do john three sixteen, okay but our young people should know more about the things of god than they do. Amen. Okay. Amen. He says. He says. Thou knowest the commandments. And he gives them the ones that pertain to people. It pertains to people. He says. Do not commit adultery. How about that? Do not steal. Excuse me. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Okay. And it's almost like he couldn't, Jesus couldn't get it all out. And watch his answer. And he said, and he answered, said unto him, Master, he dropped the good. He took the good off of it. He says, Master, now, see? And this is how we do. We want to bring Jesus down to our level. Okay? We want to bring him down to our level. And he started off good, Master. Now Jesus called him out and said, There's none good. But God, so now he just calls him Master. Okay? He says, and he tells one of the biggest lies in the Bible. Okay. He tells one of the biggest lies in the Bible. All these have I observed from my youth. You know what he's saying? He said, I'm good. He said, I'm good. Okay. He's saying, I am good. I have not. 
I have not committed adultery. I have not killed anybody. I do not steal. I do not bear false witness. I have not defrauded anybody out of anything. And I honor my father and mother. And the more I read this, the more I study this this week, I believe Jesus was pointing to things that he was guilty of. Amen. I, I just, once I, the more I read it, the more I'm going to say, Jesus is just threw it right in his business because he was rich and he was young and most likely he had inherited everything okay he probably most likely inherited everything and back in those days see religion ain't changed that much okay there's a lot of rich preachers today that have defrauded folks that and, 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 and that are really stealing. Okay? They bear false witness because they're not teaching truth. I was talking to someone today and and, and and just not today, but this week I was just talking and I, I don't I, you know people just come into my to my world and they talk about this one preacher that we all would know if I brought his name up and I'm not. And 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 he was just upset because this preacher Married, had a relationship with his best friend's wife, and it just messed up his whole relationship, you know. And and it, all these I observed from my from my youth. Listen, he's not telling the truth. He's not telling the truth about his life. Okay. But he did do some things right. Let's talk about some of the things that we can learn from. He came running. He came running. There's folks listening to me on Facebook. And there's folks that have been listening on Sermon Audio. And they'll text me sometime and call me. And they said, you know, that was, that was good. That, that, that really touched me. Because a lot of us won't admit that we're really going through. A lot of us are going through. Okay. A lot of us are dealing with stuff. Matter of fact, we, we all of us, I'm not going to say a lot of us, all of us are dealing with stuff. We talked about it this morning. We all got our thorns. We all got our issues and we all dealing with things. So, so he comes running, okay, because he's in a, he's got an urgent situation. Something has triggered his thoughts that I need salvation. How about that? I need salvation. You know, I was thinking about this. I, I just write so much stuff down. You know, I could be in the ground in, on Thursday at 1230. Think about that. If I, if I leave here today and die, I could be in the ground Thursday. That, is that about right? Okay, yeah, if I was a Jew, I'd be in the ground the next day. They don't keep you, you know, they ain't taking you to blacks. Okay, you you a Jew? You if you a Jew, you gotta be married by sundown the next day. Okay, I ain't a Jew, so you know, and I got some money, so I got some money saved up, and so ain't even nobody gotta do GoFundMe or nothing. So I'll get in the ground as soon as possible. Okay. Now, if I wasn't saved, and if I was listening to somebody say this and preach this and I wasn't saved, that, that would trouble me. Amen. That would bother me because I could be in the ground on Thursday. Amen. Tomorrow's not promised. promised. 
So for whatever reason now, like I say, the rich young ruler gets a lot right. And there's a lot of lessons to be taught out of this. But he comes running. Okay? Because he knows something. He's a Jew. He would have known the scriptures. Listen. Psalms 144.4. Watch this. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passes away. How about that? Somebody used to back in the day used to say back in the day, here today, gone tomorrow. Gone tomorrow. He comes for the right person for the right purpose. He needs to know where he's going when he dies. That is one of the greatest questions that we could ask. And if Jesus was in our in our area, in our in our in our Space, and we had an opportunity to come to him. We should go running. We should go running, and we should ask the question: What must I do to inherit what eternal life? How about that? See, see, we don't think about this when we're young. We don't think about eternal life when we're young, because we think we're gonna we're gonna live forever. Okay, he came at the right time. Amen. Okay. He came at the right time. People, people get on Nicodemus. They say, well, Nicodemus came at night. No, Nicodemus came at the right time. Okay? Somebody used to say, the night time is the right time. He came at the right time. He was dealing with something. He was struggling with something. And we ought to all be struggling with our eternal lives. That ought to be all. That ought to be signed, sealed, and delivered. We ought to be sure about it. And if you in here today or listening to me today, you're not sure about it. You die. You die. Okay? I don't know if anybody paying attention. Young folks is leaving here. Amen. I mean, listen, young folks is leaving here. How, how many know how old Martin Luther King was? We celebrate his birthday. It's to, it's to be celebrated. I'm off tomorrow. He, he was 39. Kind of young. Okay? Kind of young. Abraham Lincoln. How many, know how, how many know how old Abraham Lincoln was when he got killed and died? Think about that. 56. That's young. He came when Jesus was nearby. Think about that. See, see, here's where we make our mistakes at. We think we can come to Jesus anytime we want. Don't we? You ever talk to people like that? You talking to them about the things of God and they give you, listen, I got time. Time is on my side. Okay. And they finding folks in hotel rooms, finding folks dropping dead. Okay? Listen. Don't make that mistake. Don't be, don't have that Agrippa. Y'all remember Agrippa? Agrippa Agrippa was that way. He thought he could come to Jesus whenever he wanted to listen. He's going to be a pastor, be there next week. He's been there 10 years, 11 years. He'll be there 15 years. When When I get done doing my thing, Okay, when I get done sowing all my seeds, when I get done doing it, I want to experience some things. Then I'll give God my leftovers. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Paul preaching like this. I'm preaching like Paul. I'm just being just thirsty. Paul, to me, he was just thirsty. He was a thirsty preacher. He didn't care. He, he, you need to be saved. 
You need to be born again. You need to ask God to save you and, and deliver you and give you the power and the faith to live for God. Paul was thirsty. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Okay? And he probably thought that was cute. You know, he was standing around his buddies, and you know, all his buddies, yeah, that, you know, they put, you know, you put Paul in his place, you may, you know, that, that wasn't cute what he said. Okay? That wasn't cute. Okay? You know, think about this. The gospel is being preached. See, the gospel is being preached. It's not just being preached. Here's being preached everywhere, and, and it's being preached, and folks are doing the same thing the rich young ruler did. Okay? They walk. They think they got time. They think they got time. We know what that one verse say. Y'all already know it today. If you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Isaiah 50, Isaiah 55, 6 says this. A rich young ruler would have known this. Could have been, you couldn't be a rich young ruler. When they say ruler, when they say ruler, that means he was a ruler in the synagogue. Okay, he was a ruler in the synagogue, so a ruler in the synagogue would have known Isaiah. Okay, so a ruler in the synagogue would have known this, and this may be why he came running. Because he heard that Jesus was passing by, and Isaiah says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now, what is the flip side of that? He's not always going to be near. Okay? He's not always going to be near. And everywhere you go, everywhere you go, folks, listen, listen. Just because it's church, just because it's a preacher, and just because he got Bible, that don't mean the Lord is there. That don't mean the gospel is being preached. That don't mean the gospel that can save your soul is, is available. Okay? <clears throat> listen, listen, no man can come unto me no man. except it were given unto him of my father. Now, the rich man is in the very presence of God in the flesh. Okay. And he asked him one of the great questions that you could ask. What must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven or to inherit salvation? What he's asking for is salvation. Now, what's wrong with what he said? Y'all already know this. Y'all already know this. He wants to, to know what he can do. Amen. <laughs> Uh, see, see, this is why it's easy to, it's easy to appreciate because y'all, he, he, what, what can he do? What can he do to inherit salvation? See, he, he, he needed to be involved. See, this is how rich folks are. See, this is how rich folks are. This is how rulers are. This is how wealthy people are. They, they think they can buy everything. What must I do? How much do I need? Listen, listen. I need to be involved in my salvation. I need to, I, you know, the Bible said work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I know what it said, but... That's not what it means. You, you, you don't have nothing to do with it like that. Okay? What must I do? See, how do you get an inheritance? Think about that. Think about that. 
Who gets the inheritance? If a, if a, if a, if a wealthy man has five children, and I'm not talking about in Jewish culture because it's already set. The oldest son got double. Okay, we know that from the prodigal son. But in, in the day we live in, if, if, if a wealthy man has five kids and four of them don't want nothing to do with them, and the one son or the one daughter does everything for them, when they read that will, how's it going to read? That daughter going to get just about all of it. Okay? Okay? The other ones... So, so being young, being rich, being wealthy, most likely he inherited all that. That's how it was in those days. Okay, so now he's like, what must I do to inherit? That's an interesting word, inherit. Okay, because he's saying, how good do I need to be to go to heaven? I've kept all the commandments. I ain't committed adultery, probably have. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, I always think about Jesus when, when the woman called in adultery. We're going to talk about her in a couple of weeks. And, and, and when Jesus got down, remember he stooped down and all the, all the, all the rulers was around because the rulers was going to brought her there. And he started writing in the sand. I believe he started writing down all their business. Yeah. And they start hopping up out of there one by one, hopping up out of there one by one. See, there's nothing you can do. Amen. Let me give you a scripture. It's, it's one y'all know. This one y'all know. Okay, here's, here's how you get saved. All right. If you saved in here today, if you saved in here today, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you didn't do nothing. It wasn't because you was good. God didn't look down there and say, oh, y'all doing good. They're they doing good. You know, ain't sinned in a couple of months. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Listen. For by grace are you saved. Amen. Okay. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, this is why when I when I read 316 Colossians this morning, you know what? We ought to be those of us that are saved by grace. Grace means favor. Grace means it's unmerited. Grace means we didn't earn it. You know, we went down here working. We would it ain't because you know what? He ain't missed no work. He take care of his family, take care of his Wife, children, we ought to do that. Okay? But we're not saved by works. What if we were? What if we were saved by works? How about that? Wouldn't we be some boasting folks? Okay? Well, think about if you were saved by something you done. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, how, how did you get saved, ma'am? Well, let me tell you something. First of all, I was employee of the year, okay? I, I've had my children, they've all gone to high school, and they've, they've all gone to college, and they're all good kids. And, 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 and you know what? I, 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 I've been a good neighbor. I keep my grass cut. I've, I've been a good friend. No, no. 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 You wouldn't know how good you would have to be. If it was by your works that you got saved, Amen. you wouldn't know when you had done enough. This rich young ruler, okay, had the same question. Y'all remember this question? What must I do to be saved? Remember when Paul, when Paul was in jail? Paul was in jail for casting the demon out of the, out of the girl. Mm-hmm. And, and while he was in jail, 
It didn't stop Paul from praising the Lord. It didn't stop Paul from worshiping the Lord. It didn't stop Paul from telling all those inmates that was in there about Jesus. And, and when he did, when he started praying, him inside and started praying, the Bible said the walls trembled and an earthquake hit the prison. And the doors opened. Now, when the doors opened in the prison, it didn't matter to the Roman authorities who opened the doors. The jailer who was in charge was going to die because if there was inmates escape, he was responsible. Didn't matter because they didn't care about God. Imagine, imagine you going before some unbelievers and they say, well, you know what? Here's how they escaped. Paul and them started praying and the, earth, and the, and the jail shook and the doors opened. That ain't flying with folks that don't believe God. Okay. So he knew he was in trouble. Okay. Because the Bible doesn't say the jail shook to the point where it collapsed and and the building fell over. It didn't say all that. It said it shook and the doors opened. It was a supernatural thing. Okay. It wasn't like like what happened in Kentucky when a tornado came through and wiped it out. The jail was still in hold. For all intents and purposes, it didn't even look like an earthquake. And the earthquake might have just been specific to that situation. Okay, so for him to go and tell the authorities, hey, they got out. Uh-huh. Get out of here. <laughs> so he put a sword to him and said he was going to kill himself. Paul said, don't do it. We still here. Okay, but in verse 29, 16 Acts, he says, then he called for a light and sprang in and he came trembling. And he fell down before Paul and Silas. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out. And watch what he says to Paul. Because he heard Paul singing. See, a lot of folks act like they don't hear you. People act like they don't see you. Okay, you have some folks around you and, they, and you, you living for the Lord. You living for the Lord and, and you're not perfect. You living for the Lord. You're dealing with adversity. You're dealing with the trial. Folks watching you. Folks is watching you, okay? And they'll watch you more when you're dealing with trouble and heartache and pain than they will ever when you got it going on. So Paul was in stocks. This man had put him there, most likely had beat him. And now Paul is saying to him, and he's, he's kneeling down to Paul. And he said, Paul, what must I do to be saved? Same question Richard really had. What must I do to be saved? Paul going to give the same answer that God gave the rich young ruler. Watch this. Here's what Paul said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Now, somebody said, that ain't a whole lot. There's a whole lot in that Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about it earlier. You can't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ without the faith of God. So when you say you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, see, some people just say, I believe in God. That ain't going to cut it. Amen. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of gods out there. Amen. I like to say, which God you believe in? Because you got to have, a, you, you, you got to have the right God. See, you got to be like blind Bartimaeus. You got to have the right God because there's a lot of gods. Amen. There's a lot of gods. They come, I mean, they are, they come, they come and they're all over the place. Okay. I even hear people, I hear people make a, make a great shot in the golf. They say, well, the golf gods. I'm like, oh, they got golf gods. Okay. I'm like, oh, right, okay. And, and then I, then I, you know, I, I, hear, I hear all kind of stuff. You don't, want, you, don't, you don't want your salvation in the hands of the golf gods. Amen. Okay? Okay? No, no, no. Golf gods can't save you. All right? Listen, 
Listen, sir, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe what? Believe that he is Lord. Okay. He is the sinless son of God. Okay. He died for our sins. He lived a sinless life. He was born of a virgin. He died and then he went into the grave for three days and he rose from the dead called the resurrection. We don't want to call it Easter. Let's call it resurrection day. The day that Jesus rose is the greatest day in the history of the world. Okay, so to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ means you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave. Let me tell you something. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going. Amen. Okay. Now God, God confronts this guy. God confronts this guy. See, you know, we, we get confrontational. Folks don't like, folks don't like confrontational churches. Jesus was confrontational. Jesus was confrontational. Because he don't care if you believe him or not. Jesus is not concerned with that. Okay? He, he, he wants you to understand who he is and what it means to be a child of God. And if you don't buy it, then you don't buy it. He's going to still preach it. Okay? Remember them folks was following Jesus. And they, then Jesus told here's this listen, I said, he had all these folks following him, and he knew, he knew they were following him for the wrong reasons. They was following him for stuff. They was following him for the bread. They was following him for the miracle. They was following him for the healings. And Jesus said, now you're following me for the wrong reasons. If you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you something. He said, if you're going to follow me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. I must be everything to you, okay? And, and, and they knew exactly what he said. I, I always say that when people walk away. People say, well, I ain't going to that church no more. I... I know it might upset y'all, but it don't really upset me, okay, because I have to be faithful to the scriptures, okay, and, and, and I do, and I always say, you know, call a vote, call a vote, I, I'm not going to fight it, you know, I, I'm not going to do like the pastor on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the south side when he was calling all this adultery and everything, they told him they wanted him to step down, he said, I ain't stepping down, no, no, if y'all take up a vote and say, listen, we want we want, we want to have a good time. We want to have a good time. We're going to get the band in here. We're going to get the band in here. And we want to have some, some youth rappers in here. And we're going to have some women preachers in here. We're going to, we're going to fill this church up by any means necessary. I, I'm not going to fight you. Okay? Don't just say, Pastor, we're going to go in another direction. We want to, you know, I, I, I thought about this this week. All these head coaches got fired. You know, how many head coaches got fired this weekend? Like six or seven of them. You know, they got fired. They, preachers need to get fired. Seriously, churches need to fire some preachers. We don't. We don't even like to think like that. No, honest. No, if you ain't preaching the gospel, you're the same as a football coach. You got. Amen. You got a losing record. Amen. Amen. Churches closed. I mean, we ain't open two days a week. We definitely ain't open today because it's cold. Uh oh. <laughs> you get it? How many? What if I send y'all a text to the church ain't open today because it's cold? Seriously. We church is closed because it's cold. Huh? Jesus confronted this man. Watch what he says. I have to write the text on the back of on the back. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. And Jesus beholding him, 
Okay. And loved him. And said unto him, one thing thou lackest. Okay. Now remember, this man said he got it all together. He got, I got it all together. I'm a self-made man. I got money. I got youth. I got power. You know, Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. Sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. I have to really look at that because he said one thing thou lackest, but it looked like a lot. It looked like more than one thing. It looked like two things, three things, four things. I don't know how many things I lacked when I came to the Lord, but I lacked a whole lot of stuff, okay? I lacked a whole lot of stuff. Now watch what he says. Watch what he says. Okay, because Jesus is trying to get this person. See, you see, really, you can't be saved until you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior. Okay, you know, and and, and they'll tell you, they'll tell you that in AA, you go to AAs, and you know, and they'll lay the rules down for alcoholics anonymous. It's hard for an alcoholic to realize they're alcoholic till they admit they're an alcoholic. Okay, and now you don't have to admit you're alcoholic because nobody's an alcoholic now anymore. But you, you just got a drinking problem. You know, Bible call it drunkard. That's what the Bible calls. The Bible says you're a drunkard. We don't, no, we got an alcohol problem. We just got an addiction. You know, we like liquor or, or whatever. But if you don't know you're a sinner, if you don't think you're a sinner, you, guess what you don't need? You don't need a savior. If you got it all together, you don't need a savior. Let's talk about the three things. Let's talk about the three things. Jesus said one thing, but, but the text bears out three things. But I think the one thing that he really needed to do was realize that he needed a savior. Watch what he says. He says, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. Let me tell you something. Jesus don't need nobody money. Amen. Okay. Some preachers say, well, gee, you know, you got to give your money to the, to the poor. You know, what? That's, that's, that was his issue. This was his issue. Okay. The, Jesus said the poor you always have with you, okay? But this man wanted to know how he could get eternal life. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? One thing thou lackest, thou stay. Go thy way. Okay? Go back to where your stuff is at. Sell whatsoever thou hast. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. So he said, go sell everything you have. Why? 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 Some of us in here, some of us in here, we don't have much. But we definitely don't want to get rid of that little bit we have. Okay? We don't have much. Nobody in here. Nobody in here has a whole lot of anything. But for us to just say, let it go, would be a burden for us. Will be a troublesome thing for us. But he's not saying everybody needs to sell everything. He's saying this man's problem. This man wanted to know how he could get to heaven. And Jesus said, Your stuff has a grip on you. Okay? Your stuff has a grip on you. Think about that. Materialism has a grip on you. And then he says this. And the second thing he says, Take up thy cross. Now, I talked about this a little bit earlier. That was interesting. To take up the cross. For somebody to say, take up the cross. Now, I know everybody got crosses. We all wear our little cross. I got a cross on. You know, something. I hear, I see people with crosses on all over. Designer crosses, all kind of stuff. Okay. That's not what he meant. Amen. 
when Jesus said, take up your cross, he was saying, do like I'm getting ready to do. I mean, you know, going down to, what's it, the Via Della Rosa, they was only required to carry the crossbar. All the rest of us already up there waiting for them. But picking up the cross was basically saying, you're going to have some trouble. Okay? You're going to have some difficulty. You're going to take some abuse. You, when, you, when you follow me, when you want eternal life, it's not just given to you. See, and I think this is where we make a mistake at with eternal life. Because folks think they can get eternal life, and it just, it's just easy. It's just, it's just well, I'm, I'm a Christian, and it's happy-go-lucky. But if you truly are a child of God, and if you truly want eternal life, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some difficult times as a man of God, as a Christian. Let's think if we really were serious about it. If we really were serious about it and we said, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be a child of God. On my job, at the school, in my neighborhood, in my community. I want everybody to know that I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. And I want everybody to know that I love Jesus. Guess what would happen? Guess what would happen? You get some conflict. You'll get some conflict. You'll get some conflict. You will lose some friends, relationship. Folk will mock you and ridicule you. And they'll, they'll say all manner of craziness about you. Know how I know that? That's what happened with Jesus. And Paul told Timothy, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. This man asked the question. Jesus didn't ask him. He wanted eternal life, but he wanted it on his own terms. Okay, see, the modern church, the modern church says, listen, if you want to come to me, you can come as you are. Nothing has to really change. I mean, you know, I talk to people all the time. Everybody's a Christian. Most of us in here don't, don't even know anybody that's not a Christian, if you really ask them. If you just ask them, say, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I got baptized. I go to church revenue, my preacher. You know, I go every once in a while, you know. That's Christianity. That's Christianity today. Is that saving Christianity? Okay. Pick up the cross. The cross is heavy. The cross is heavy. See, see, the, the, the cross ain't your wife. Amen. The cross ain't your, ain't your husband. The cross ain't your kids. Okay. A lot of people say, you know, I, my, my cross is my is my husband. My cross is my kids. My cross is is is, is my neighbor. No, 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 no. Your cross is your relationship Amen. with God. Amen. Okay. Jesus said, "Pick up the cross." Okay. And the cross was symbolic of death. So the cross is saying, "You got to die to yourself. You got to die to yourself." That's deep. Okay, because self don't want to die. You got to take self off the throne and put Christ there and now live. And self, and self want to be on the throne. Okay? Self going to battle you to the end. And that's our, you want to talk about thorn? Most of our thorns is self. You listen, listen. It's going to cost you something. The self say, I don't need to hear that. You know, ain't nothing wrong with what we do. 
Ain't nothing wrong with how we living. Ain't nothing wrong with, you know, what we... See, that's what self says. We can, we can eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't that preacher over there talking that crazy stuff? There ain't nothing wrong with, you know, having, uh, having a little side chick. There ain't nothing wrong with gambling. There ain't nothing wrong with drinking. There ain't nothing wrong with, with cussing and lying and stealing. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I'm, I, and many people turn and walk away. They don't want to hear that kind of preaching. And guess what? Most preachers know that. Most preachers know that. And, and they say, we ain't going to preach that. You preach that message. You preach that message Jesus preached, and you will have... Twelve followers just like he did. Okay. Listen. Here's the one that got me. I'm going to close. I don't even know where I'm at. I'm going to close. He said, pick up your cross. And then he said, follow me. How about that? He said, follow me. That word follow me, that word follow in the Bible doesn't mean just get behind him so much as be like me. Okay. Be like me. Think about it. Now, when I used to golf, I loved to golf. Man, did I love to golf. Golf was, a, golf was like a god to me. It was like an idol to me. It was something that I worshipped. It was something that I was way, way too involved in. I'll just be honest with you, okay? And when, when, when God confronted me about my golf, you know, I was like, man, is that bad? You, you know that? Nobody else would have known that. Nobody else would have told me. Cindy never would have told me, even though, you know, I was golfing seven days a week, Okay. She never would have said nothing. I think she was just like private time. <laughs> okay. But golf was God. Golf was everything to me. I mean, I, listen, if, it was, if I was golfing on Sunday, I wore red. Some of y'all don't know why. Because Tiger wore red on Sundays. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I was. So Jesus tells this rich young ruler, go sell all you have. Pick up your cross. And follow me. How about this? <laughs> this? Follow me. Be like me. This young man had power, prestige, and possession. He had everything. Jesus said, turn your back to all that. You know, you know, you know what, you know what I, always, I always say? If, if you look at these superstar athletes, and they say they're Christians. A lot of them say they're Christians. Let me tell you something. If God really got hold of one, Okay. Because see, see, any more in sports, any more in sports. I, I used to have these worries with Jake when he was out there boxing because I didn't know how far he was willing to go with this. But it, but in athletes, if 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 they tell you whatever, it's going to it's you everything when they drafting you and they interviewing you and they getting ready to sign you to a fifty million dollar contract, they telling you. Football has to be everything to you. Everything to you. Everything takes a back seat. The one, the one player and played for the Steelers, and he just quit because he got saved. And he quit. And he said, I'm going to, he already signed a $30 million contract. He said, I got enough. I'm going to go over here and start a missionary in schools and stuff to feed folks. And they thought he was a fool. Paul, Paul, Jesus is saying, follow me. Let me tell you what that means. You become an ambassador. Okay. How many know what an ambassador is? An ambassador, an ambassador is a diplomat. 
is someone who goes, travels all over, and, and an ambassador, if I'm an ambassador for the United States of America, I travel all over the world telling people how wonderful America is. Okay? Now, if we're an ambassador for Christ, we're going to go out and tell everybody how wonderful Christ is, how good God is, how, how he died for our sins, how he, how he saved us, how he delivered us, how he empowers us. That's all we're going to do because we're ambassadors. Okay? Let me, let, me, let me give you a scripture. Paul, Paul writing to the people in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says this. See, I always get on these folks, they want to call themselves apostles, and they want to call themselves prophets and all that. God never told us to do that. The closest that he ever came to us having a title in the Bible was that we ought to be called ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, he said, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ. When you become a Christian, when you represent Christ, that's what you do. If y'all see me any, anywhere, if y'all see me anywhere, and I don't think it ought to just pertain to me. I think y'all, I think y'all do me an injustice because y'all can do stuff I can't do. And y'all shouldn't be able to do nothing I can't do. If I ain't doing it, y'all should be doing it. Okay? If I ain't standing in the number line, y'all shouldn't be standing in the number line. If y'all see me in the number line, if y'all see me in the number line, y'all be like, Pastor, what you doing in the number line? I should be able to say, Columbus, what you doing in the numbers line? Okay? If y'all see me coming out of Speedway with a 24-pack, Pastor, what you going to do with that 24-pack? I said, none of your business. Because you're going in there to get one. Right? No, nobody here should be doing what I can't do. If you're doing something I can't do, then... You're wrong for telling me I can't do it. See, if y'all walk out the Hollywood Casino and see me on the slot machine, vroom, 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 y'all going to be like, Pastor, what you doing? You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Ain't that right? I mean, it's tight, but it's right. Okay? If y'all see me sitting in a restaurant and if it ain't Karina or City, y'all going to be like, who's that? <laughs> Ain't that right? Blanche, come on now. Ain't that right? Hey, what the, this is Karina. What? That don't look like her to me. She just got a facial. And she we just left the we just, you know, no. And if y'all see me anywhere with anybody else other than Karina or City, y'all need to stop. Say, what's going on? I may be being kidnapped. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, because if, if I see Jake anywhere with another woman, and I, I'm, I'm like, Jake, who's this? It's just happening like that. Columbus, same thing. Jeremy, same thing. That's, that's how it is. Okay? I'm going to do the same thing with Glorice and Karina. Who's this? Karina be talking about boyfriends. I'm like, Karina, you ain't gonna, I'm your boyfriend. <laughs> She talking about this is my friend. I said, you ain't got no friends. <laughs> oh, listen. We are ambassadors and we're going to be like Christ. We're going to be like Christ. I, I want us to be like Christ. Okay? Not only me, but that's what the scripture is saying. And, and, and now we get to the sad part. Let's get to the sad part. I'm going to close. I know I got carried away. See, y'all do me like that. Y'all, y'all gear me up like that for Sunday school. Take me down the rabbit trails. But listen, listen, listen. 
Watch what he says. This is a sad. This is really sad. Okay. Verse 22. And when. And, and, and he was sad. At that saying. What made him sad? What made him sad? He came to the Lord and he said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then God told him what he must do to inherit eternal life. He says, listen. He says, go sell all you have. Give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. How about that? Isn't that what he asked for? Is that not what he asked for? And then Jesus said, and come after you sell everything, come back to me, take up your cross and follow me. Beautiful. Got the answer he wants. See, God give you the answer you want. Or he'll give you the answer you asked for. Man, don't always want it. And then he says, he was sad. At that, he should have been excited. Should he, Sylvia? He should have been jumping for joy. I got eternal life. All I got to do is sell everything I have, give it to the poor, and follow Jesus with a cross. And he was sad. He was sad. Why was he sad? Why was he sad? Why was he sad? Uh, I see this is why the Bible is so good to me because the Bible doesn't answer the question because I would ask the question why was he sad Jesus and Jesus was telling me this I said Jesus why was he sad he, he you told him how to get eternal life all he had to do was go sell everything you know and, 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 and give it to the poor and he would have treasure and then he was sad why was he sad here's why he was sad and he went away grieved Grieved. Grieved is a real strong word for sad. So we can get sad. We can be sad because we seen something on the news and made us sad. But to be grieved means this thing is is really burdensome. It's just it's just not going away. Okay? You, you ever you ever you ever you, just, you may not have, but some of you may have had an opportunity and you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. And it still bothers you till this very day. Okay, let me say, but let me let me share where I say that he was grieved for he had great possessions. You know what it should say? The possessions had him. Okay, the possessions, his possessions, his material wealth had him and he went away grieved. He went away grieved. I don't know where this man is at today. I know one thing. His youth disappeared. His money most likely disappeared. Okay. His his rulers, his him being a ruler probably disappeared. And then he had to deal with reality because he turned his back on the Lord when the Lord was near. See this, see, see, don't 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 think that God is always gonna be near you. Don't think that you always gonna have opportunity to get saved. Amen. I remember, and as I closed, my one buddy in, at the prison, and I'm like, "Man, you need to you need to give your life to the Lord." You know, he said, "I got time." He said, "I got time. I got I got the two. The, remember the thief on the cross?" He said, "Remember the thief on the cross?" I've shared this story with y'all. I said, "Listen, there was two thieves on the cross, okay, and the one that got saved." People say, "Well, he he, he had a last. It wasn't a last minute. It wasn't a last minute, okay." 
He got yeah. saved. He was with Jesus for six hours on the cross. Listen, you spend six hours with Jesus on the cross, you don't get saved, something wrong. Okay? He got saved. He turned his back on his friend. He rebuked his friend. He t- called Jesus. He called Jesus sinless. And then he called Jesus Lord. And then he said, when you come into your kingdom, so he acknowledged the fact that Jesus was God and had a kingdom. And he said, when you come into that kingdom, remember me. That's salvation. Amen. That's all the steps. That's all your steps. You turn your back on the world. You receive Jesus as the sinless son of God. He becomes your Lord. And you tell him when you come to heaven, remember me. That's salvation. That's not a last second decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been with folks. I've been with folks in the last seconds of their lives. Okay. You don't know what that morphine going to be doing to you when they put you on that anivan and morphine and take away everything. I've had parents, I've had parents, children call me and say, come talk to my mother about the things of God before they put her on the morphine. Because once they put you on the morphine, it's over with. It's over with. Okay? So they say, talk to her before they get on the morphine. I'm trying to talk to some of y'all before y'all get on the morphine. Amen. Okay? Amen. While you still can think. While you still can think. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the great stories found in the rich young ruler, Father God. Let us not be like the rich young ruler, Father God. We want to know how to get have eternal life. And it's going to cost us something. We're going to have to let some stuff go. We're going to have to deal with this flesh. And we're going to have to deal with our desires and our, and our affections. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some stuff going to have to pass away before we can actually say that we have been saved. We know what those things are, Father God, and you know what they are. Father Scott, sometimes it just takes strength and power from God to let stuff go. Father God, thank you for your power, for your strength, and for your grace. Amen.